even though I'm getting rejected over and over again, the whole like rejection, it's like you get used to it. Yeah. So at the end of like at the end of the day, you're like, oh, like it's actually not that bad. But so when you do get a yes, you're like, oh, amazing. So then uh-huh. it's like it's like the worst case scenario now. It's like I get a no. Welcome to the Less Trodden Path podcast, a dedication to untangling the world in a raw and honest way, following your gut and your dreams, no matter what they may be. Often they are different to what is known as the norm, a step out of the comfort zone, the path less tread. We are here to help inspire you to take your own path by sharing both our own journey and the stories of others too making it clear along the way that anyone can do it, whatever it may be. With all the ups and downs, the good, the bad, the pretty, the ugly included. Dreams take time, but if you put your all into it, time doesn't mean anything. This week's guest is Daniel. Whilst in Bali on my yoga teacher training, I met this adventurous roaming soul. Captured by his stories of moving out of his hometown in Canada to work in Australia, his time volunteering in the depths of the Costa Rican jungle and his journey into finding yoga, we reached out to Daniel to hear more about his life so far. Daniel's go-get, find-a-way attitude combined with his spontaneous go-with-the-flow nature made for an all-impactful and energising podcast that we are sure will encourage you to expand beyond your comfort zone that little more. As Daniel has found, in life, Sometimes all you need to do is ask the right person and you'll find yourself exactly where you want to be. Here is Daniel's very own Less Trodden Path. Yeah, like honestly, just grab a coffee, grab a tea. Have you had breakfast yet? What's the time? 10 o'clock? Yeah. Half 10? Yeah, 10 o'clock. 20, yeah. 20 to 11, right? Seeing as we started. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's cool though. But um no, genuinely like how Canada, like I always forget where you're from. I always want to say Colombia for some reason, but I think yeah, you said this. Yeah, it is Colombia. No, yeah, yeah, you got it. So, okay. I was uh Hello, sorry. Can you I think it cut off. <laughs> um uh yeah, so I'm from Colombia. I was I was born in Colombia, and I was pretty much raised there. I lived there until, like, I was 11, and then uh, later on, we moved to Canada um, because, like, my dad's job and, like, my mom. Like, my parents just wanted, like, a better future for me. So then we moved to Canada. We, um, so I don't know if you knew, but in Canada, there's, like, two sides. Okay, Canada, there's, like, the French side and there's yeah. the English side. So then we got to the French side, which is uh, Quebec, and then we were there for about a year. But then, like, job-wise, like, Quebec is not, like, the best um, the best province. So then we happened to move to Alberta, and which is, like, where all, like, oil and gas is. And, like, I don't know. I I think, like, most of the economy of Canada comes from Alberta. Because okay. um, Alberta is a very rich uh, province. And then uh, now we're living in Calgary. And I just, I've been here since I was, like, 11, pretty much. Um, at the very beginning, it was like culture shock, you know, like going from Colombia to Canada. Um, just everything was so different. People were very different, you know, language barriers. I technically, I, I had to learn French first because I was in Quebec for a year. So I learned how to speak French and then I was going to hang up, hang up things and 
it was good. But then I moved to Calgary, so then I had to learn English. And then uh, my parents didn't they didn't put me in a francophone school. So then I slowly forgot my French as I learned English. Uh, but like it's still there, um, which is it's not bad. But you know, I could defend myself if I really have to. Um, and then yeah, so then I I got here in I think it was grade six, and um, like at the very beginning, I I guess I made friends, but it wasn't like really friends because I could barely speak to them. Mm. And then um, we and then I entered junior high, so how the school system can work is like um, there's pretty much like elementary, which is like grade one to six. And then after grade six is junior high, which is uh, grade seven to nine. Mm-hmm. And after um, grade nine, it's high school, which is grade 10 to 12. So then um, I went to a junior high where I started like, I guess like just pretty much taking um, ESL, which is like English second language. Mm-hmm. And then I would like, barely take any any other courses like or just like a gym uh, math like things that I would kind of like understand and um, yeah the very beginning was kind of lonely but I don't know like I I remember like as a kid I was kind of be pretty independent and I'm like I don't need friends like I'm good like <laughs> that type of thing um, but then later on I my English skills got better so then I started making more friends and a um, few of my friends that are like that I, I'm still friends with like nowadays, like mm-hmm. it's I met them in junior high, so it's like I made some really good connections there. Um, so then junior high passed, English was good, got to high school. Uh, you know, I think for me like high school was kind of like my party um, years, <laughs> especially like once I turned eighteen. Um, yeah, just you know. Your average eighteen-year-old just wanted to drink, going out, having fun with friends, and then um, we all graduate. And a lot of my friends, you know, they're going to universities, and some some people are going to like things that they don't know if that's what they want to do. And like they would like tell me these things. I'm like, well, I have no idea what I want to do. Um, and at this point, like throughout high school, I also was like working. Um, like, I had a few jobs, like, here and there. Mm-hmm. And after high school, I was working at a restaurant as a host. And then, like, probably, like, six months go by after we graduate. And I'm like, oh, like, I want to do something. Like, I don't know what I want to do, but I had, like, this desire to do something. Yeah. But I just knew, like, I just knew it wasn't, like, university at the moment. Mm-hmm. Or, like, studying, at least. And then um, a friend from high school, I found out that uh, she's, like, traveling in Australia. And she's, like, in Bali and all these kind of things. And I'm like, wow, that looks so cool. So, like, I shoot her a message. I'm like, hey, like, how did you get to Australia? Like, what did you do? Yeah, what did you do to, like, travel and stuff? She's like, oh, I just got a working holiday visa. And then um, you pretty much just get here and just travel and work as you go. I'm like, awesome. So then I had the time. Well, I have a cousin in Australia. So I shoot her a message. I'm like, hey, man, like, he's, he's like, it's, it's like way older than me. He's like thirty. It's like thirty-seven right now. Um, by the time he was like thirty-four, and I was like what, nineteen, eighteen? Yeah, I was nineteen. And then um, I'm like, hey, like I'm looking to go to Australia. Like, what do you think? Like, would you recommend it? And he's like, yeah, definitely. Like, and he was in Sydney, so he's like, you can come and stay at my place. Like, like it's, it's gonna be awesome. Like, you're gonna like it. I'm like, okay, cool. So then 
I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go to Australia. So I pay for my uh, working holiday visa. And then it's like, book my flights. So I tell my mom. She's like, what? But yeah, I'm going to go to Australia. With this. this was like, and I, I barely had any money. So that being though I have been working a lot, I also spent a lot of my money. <laughs> but uh, so I think I booked my flight in May and everything. I paid for everything in May. And then I was supposed to leave in July. So I had two months. So I was like, you know what? Whatever money I make and within these two months, that's yeah. what I'm going to go with to Australia. So when you... Um, when you found out about Australia through your friend, was that in the month of May as well? That was like April. Yeah. Okay, so so yeah, it's like, very wow. quick. Yeah, cool. it was like very like close to each other when I like really found out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to Australia. And the visa's like for a whole year. So um, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So then uh, on July 6th, I believe, I, I got on my flight, decided to go to Australia. I got there. My cousin, he, uh, he picked me up at the airport, got to his place. Oh, and then within those two months, like, I was able to, like, I think I saved, like, $3,000 or two, around, around that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, you know, like, I have, like, enough to, like, I find a job, and then I'll just be chilling, I guess. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, I get to Australia. Um, so I ended up staying with him for a few nights and then one of his close friends he was like renting um, a room but it wasn't really a room it was like a, a sun a sun room it was like very tiny and then um i was like paying like one 160 or 180 which is which is pretty cheap for like kidney mm. especially for like the era that we were in mm-hmm. so and i was like you know like i don't own much i only need a, a, a tiny closet and a bed and then I was so like I was good, <laughs> and then uh, for the next month I'm like I'm applying everywhere. Yeah. So my goal was every day I went out to apply for jobs. I had ten, ten um, resumes with me, mm-hmm. and then uh, my goal was to give out these ten resumes, and then I would go home. So then um, one day I was like giving out, and I had like two or three left, and then uh, I saw Louis Vuitton like the, you know, the luxury store. I was like, oh, I'm just, just going to go apply, like whatever. Huh. Um, so I applied and I gave it to uh, this lady and then she didn't seem that nice. I'm like, she's not even going to give it to the manager, whatever. So then uh, a few weeks go by, I get an interview with our money exchange and just like the clothing store. And then it went pretty well. So I worked there for like about a week until I get a call from Louis Vuitton. No way. <laughs> I get a call from Louis Vuitton. They're like, hey, Daniel, like, we went through your resume. Like, we would like to uh, have an interview with you and um, go from there. I'm like, oh, awesome. Yeah, for sure. Then I go, I have an interview with them. And then I had this interview with the nicest lady ever, I think. I think she was English, but she was from the UK, I believe. I believe okay. she was. She was yeah. so nice. Yeah. And um, um, I, I guess it was just, like, overall, like, I think of myself as a very genuine person. And she really, like, saw that with me. So then she's like, yeah, I guess like, that that's really what we look for here. We look for, like, making long-lasting relationships with the clients. Mm-hmm. We look for people who are very genuine and uh, charismatic. So we were definitely, like, we have on the team. And then I was just in shock. I was like, did this really just happen? Like, um, after that, like, I guess I realized in that moment that it's, like, good to, like, shoot for the stars. Yeah. Because, yeah, like... Sure. I don't know, like, I would never think I 
could have done in that job. No, well, but then otherwise, yes. I, I nailed it. I don't yeah, know. like, and when you go to Australia, especially on a work and holiday visa, like, people just expect to go, you know, work on a farm or in a bar. Like, mm-hmm. not yeah. Louis Vuitton. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is very true. Um, like, I guess at the beginning, my goal in Australia wasn't much much of like traveling mm-hmm. because like I always take like so much money I'm like yeah. I'm not gonna get far yeah. with the amount of money I have so I guess my goal was to just make as much money as I could and yeah so I think um, I mean I think Louis Vuitton was paying at the moment the um, for the uh, oh, what's it called for working, working holiday visas mm. um, they were paying like $25 an hour which is really good like here in Canada, like minimum right now, it's like I think it's fifteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, back then I think minimum was like probably like twelve when mm-hmm. I was like working at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So, going from twelve to like twenty five, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, life is good. That is like <laughs> um, shooting yeah. for the brightest. Yeah. So then uh, for the next, also sorry, give you some background about like the working holiday visa. You're only allowed to work uh, six months at a time at a company, so you're not taking like jobs from Australians. Okay. okay. So then, yeah, so I was only allowed to work um, for Louis Vuitton for six months, but at the, I think I was like five months, four months, I started to get homesick. Mm. So this was like around November, and then I'm like, oh, I can really miss home. I had been in Australia, like living on my own. Oh, and it was like this, the very first time like I had left my house, I guess. Like, yeah. Really like been on my own, mm-hmm. like, cooking for myself, like, taking care of myself, like, being a, a responsible adult, I guess you can say. So, I, like, I, like, learned quite a few things, and then I was getting homesick, so I decided to go back home for, like, Christmas, it's last, like, New Year's. Mm-hmm. So, I came back home, and, um, and then, I, at the same time, I had a long-distance relationship at the time from my girl that was, like, living in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, I came back home, things were great. And um, my girlfriend who was seeing at the time, she she really liked to travel as well. So she wanted to come to Australia. But then I was like, let's make a few stops before we go to Australia. We found a really cheap ticket to go to um, Kuala Lumpur, to Malaysia. So we went to Malaysia and um, and then we stayed there for four days. It was amazing. Malaysia is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. like they have a monkey temple. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, the food. Oh, the food was <laughs> insane. Like, not gonna lie, it was the best, like, vegan, like, food I've ever had yeah. in my life. Yeah. It was delicious. And uh, after, um, after Malaysia, we decided to go to Bali. So was this all just, um, was this all kind of being paid through with the money that you had made at Louis Vuitton? Exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So I, I saved a lot of money mm-hmm. within just, like, those, like, four or five months working at Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Oh, because also in Australia, they pay you more on weekends. So on Saturdays, I was getting 27. Sundays, I was getting 50. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I was just, like, I would just work every Sunday, work every weekend, mm-hmm. make as much money as I could because I wanted to be traveling afterwards. Right? Yeah. So then, uh, yeah, with all that saved, save that money, I started traveling. And um, we went to Bali, and we stayed a whole month in Bali, and... It was my very first time in Bali, and just I fell in love with Bali like right away. Just like with the people, like the culture, just like the island itself. Mm-hmm. Like I fell in love with Ubud. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. I think, like where we did yoga training. Yeah. I think it was just such a beautiful town. Yeah. Just the energy it gave out. Yeah. I, oh, just everything. I don't know. I just there's something. Yeah, there, it, it, sure. it, it, it's something else mm-hmm. for sure. How did you? And, um, I'm just quickly kind of stopping you there. Like, how did you yeah. throw yourself into just going to Bali? Obviously, you had done it with Australia, but you had your cousin and you were going for work. Yeah. Whereas this was just travel. Like, how did you go about it? What did you like? How did you know what you were doing? You know, because it's not. It's quite um, like daunting to just go to especially a country like that just to travel mm-hmm. you know how did you go about accommodation like how did you do it because you every time we've always had conversations like this like yeah. I mean there's a few times that I've reached out to you like I need your help mm-hmm. like how do you do mm-hmm. it <laughs> and you just seem to just <laughs> know which is like I'm sure you don't right I'm sure you have to like I mean you probably yeah. just throw yourself into it but you always just seem to mm-hmm. be the guy to go to <laughs> well yeah it's very interesting because I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I go into places that, um, and keep in mind, this is like my very first travel yeah. inside Australia. And I, and I had gone to Mexico before for like all-inclusive vacations, but like you never leave the resort. It's not the right? same. Yeah. Like there. So then this was like, for me, this was like my first like legit like traveling, like really getting myself out there. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, I was 19 at the time. I had I had no idea where I was like what was I doing? I was just I'm gonna go to a unknown country pretty much, and uh, I just kind of like looked up online, kind of like oh like things to do like in this country in this city that type of thing. That's what I would do. Um, for example, Malaysia, I just went there because out of convenience of the, the tickets being really cheap, mm-hmm. yeah. I paid like three hundred four hundred dollars just to fly there from Canada. That's like really good. Mm-hmm. And then from Canada to Bali, I mean, from Malaysia to Bali, mm-hmm. it was like probably like $90, which is nothing. So Malaysia was just like kind of like out of convenience. And then when it came to accommodation, like I'm so glad for like Airbnb um, because it just, I think Airbnb made my travels like a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, even at the beginning, I wasn't comfortable with um, hostels. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thought of just my belongings being. Yeah. In the same yeah. room with like with a bunch of strangers, else. like it, I don't know, scares me. Yeah. So, um, so at the very beginning of my travels, like I would just stay in Airbnb, and um, and then in Bali, um, my girlfriend and I at the time we were just also staying in Airbnbs because I don't know we're kind of like introverts, and um, we we just like the quiet time and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we just stay in Airbnbs, and how we would do it is that we rented a scooter pretty much kind of for like the whole month, and then we would book an Airbnb as we went. So if we like, if we really like the town, for example, we really like Ubud, we stayed there for a whole week. So then uh, we would just kind of like look for Airbnbs, Airbnbs for like two days, and after two days we try to like find another one, mm-hmm. just kind of to like move around the um, the town and like get to know like more of it. And then after that, we just kind of like we drove up all the way up north for like a nice like we we like decided to like go all out for a nice Airbnb like kind of like luxurious because um, we were like paying like twenty dollars like max. I was gonna say it's it's so cheap, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. exactly. It's um, easy. So like for a few days, we decided to use spend quite a bit of money on this Airbnb because we're like you know we deserve a real vacation blah blah blah. blah. So then we drove all the way north, and then we went, like, we drove along the whole coast of Bali. 
kind of like the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And then we were literally just booking as we went. So, so cool. uh, we were like booked the day before. So, I guess, like, now thinking about it, like, there wasn't really any planning behind it. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. literally going like day by day, which I think it's, um, it, it's really amazing because in like everyone's like life, we go by just like trying to plan like the next thing, like, and we just stop living the moment. And I think like in reality, there's no future, there's no past. Mm-hmm. All there is is just the now. Like no. this, this is it. Mm-hmm. So being able to like step into that that kind of mindset that the only thing I need to worry is like where I'm gonna sleep tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. So, so cool. I think it was like really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I guess I wasn't scared. I of like not knowing that I might not find a place. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we were there in February, which is like kind of like very low season for Bali. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So finding accommodation was like pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. That is very true. Like <laughs> there was no fear like behind like where we're going or what we're gonna do. Even like I think one of the things I really like about Bali is that um, the food, like it was like a lot of vegetarian food. And in general, like, I feel like in my life, I was raised a vegetarian, so I had always, like, struggled with, like, eating vegetarian food outside of my house. Mm-hmm. It was, like, like McDonald's, I only eat fries, because there's literally nothing else mm-hmm. for, like, vegetarians, at least in Canada right now. Um, and then now, like, vegetarian food is more, like, common, yeah. mm-hmm. so there's a lot more places. But back then, I felt like, I don't know, vegetarian food was, like, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then... Um, so yeah, so I, it was like really easy to find food. Um, overall, like my whole month in Bali was just amazing. And then we, after Bali, we moved back to, um, well, I moved back to Australia. She, she obviously came with me. And um, we found a place like uh, near like the opera house. It was like kind of pretty nice, wow. yeah. expensive. But uh, since we were like splitting accommodation in two, it was like easier to afford. Mm-hmm. Um, at this time, I find myself, like, struggling more finding a job because I couldn't go back to, um, Louis Vuitton because, mm-hmm. like, they were like, well, we're not going to take you back for the rest of the month that we have, like, left with us. Yeah. 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 It's not, it's not good for the company, pretty much. Um, so then, like, on my visa, I had three months left of, like, work that I could do in Australia. Okay. So we got back in like March and then yeah, I had like three months left on my visa. So during my interviews, I started lying because I noticed that every time I said, oh yeah, I only have like two months left on my visa, I'm looking for a job. They would just shut me down. I'm like, okay, well, I need to start lying. And I was like, hey, yeah, so I have six months. So because six months is what you can work Mm -hmm. for, right? So I went through like some interviews. I um I got hired at a health food store, and then I was like in my probation stage, but then um, I guess like the lady didn't like like the work that I was doing, so I got fired. And then when I got fired, that like that hit me hard. It was, yeah. Like it was the f- very first time I ever got fired in my life, because I consider myself like a hard worker. Yeah. So it came as a shock that uh, someone didn't like kind of like like the work that I was doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I got fired, and I remember like. It was kind of close to the, um, the apartment that we were living at the moment. So I remember walking home and I started crying because I, I was like, wow, like, this this is shitty. Like, yeah. it sucks that 
I don't know, to get fired. And, you know, I was, like, struggling, like, finding a job. Um, I'm, like, you know, like, I was, like, worrying about things. Like, oh, okay, I have to pay rent. Like, I'm going to have to, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though I had savings, like, it's, I was still worried. Like, mm-hmm. I only have two months. Like, what if I don't get a job? I was, like, stressing a lot. Um, but then, luckily, I was able to, I found two jobs. So, one of the jobs I was doing, um, I was, like, selling raffle tickets pretty much mm-hmm. and where the money was going towards um, the Australian veteran. Okay. And then another job was um, I was selling boots. Uh, I don't know if you know Aaron William, the brand. It's an Australian brand. It's like kind of like Blundstone. You know, you know Blundstones, right? Mm-hmm. No? Boots? No, I don't. No? No? I think so. No? Okay. Well, <laughs> it's, it's okay. Well, um, uh, Aaron Williams is actually owned by uh, Louis Vuitton as well. Okay. So then, like, uh, it was like, kind of easier to get the job at uh, Aaron Williams because um, it's kind of like under, like, it's a branch, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then, like, you already have experience with Louis Vuitton. Like, we know you're you're a good worker, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, we'll yeah. hire you. And then they thought they hired me for six months. Obviously, they hired me for three months. Um, and then, oh, I got hired at a... At the airport location, because they were opening up a location at the airport in Australia. Okay. okay. And, yeah. And then I was like, you know, like, to save some money, because I think transportation is very expensive in Australia. Yeah. And if I were to take the train to the airport, uh, I think it was, like, $27, just because of the airport. Yeah. So I decided to buy a bike, and um, I would, like, bike to the airport from, like, the um, the city area. Mm-hmm. And it would take me, like, about, like, an hour, hour and a half. And sometimes, like, my shift, they would, like, start kind of early, like, 7. So I would wake up pretty early, like, 4 a.m., like, get ready, and then um, trying to get to the airport. And, like, I liked it. It was, it was nice. But then I did, uh, during my training, I had to train in one of the uh, city locations. And I got along with, with um, the owner, of, well, the manager of that store. And he was like, I, I want to have you on my team. Like, you're mm-hmm. the type of person I want to have. I'm like, well talk to, like, I don't know, your boss so I can get transfer over. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. okay. So I got transferred over to the city so I didn't have to bike anymore, which was, it was nice. That's awesome. I would just, like, walk. Yeah, I would just, like, walk 20 minutes and then I'll get to my destination. Uh-huh. Um, so what did you do with the bike? Then, did so you I did sell that it? For the, sorry? Did you sell the bike? Yeah. No, no, I... I didn't sell the bike. I, I was, like, still used it to, like, do mm-hmm. grocery shopping. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. And I only, like, pay like a hundred dollars for it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i yeah mm-hmm. i used it until like i remember at some point the um like the tires were getting kind of flat and then I'm, like whatever used but then it. i didn't tell <laughs> i don't know what happened until it was used i think it, <laughs> i think it left it like locked like outside of the apartment i don't know oh no but yeah <laughs> oh you'll have um, to see like when you next go if you ever go back to australia if it's still there yeah, yeah you should make it a mission <laughs> yeah definitely i'll probably stop by see if it's still there <laughs> um <laughs> um but yeah so i did that for like the next like few months um and i think for example like working with the uh, raffle ticket mm-hmm. um it was very challenging because what i was doing is i was going to um shopping centers and i'm like just have a kiosk and I have to like approach people and um I think you know like even though like I haven't always like I haven't always been an introvert like I guess I go back and forth mm-hmm. sometimes like a little bit of an extrovert sometimes like I'm in the middle or sometimes I just like very close to yeah 
Um, so like, I guess approaching people was like, it wasn't like that hard, but then I think, well, it's hard just like getting all the notes. It's like, no, like I'm not interested. It's like getting the people's like attention that mm. was hard. Right. Um, I think I just, I, I learned a lot and I think especially learn how to like, how to take notes like well, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, um, obviously like everyone wants to yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think, especially like kids like nowadays with like parents that I just give them everything. Mm-hmm. They are raised a certain way where they're not denying anything in their life as they're growing up. And I think that's a very bad habit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like, once you start saying no to them, they will, they will throw a tantrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even though, like, that wasn't the case for me when I was, like, growing up, um, I still, like, it would be, like, hard to just be um, kind of, like, decline and just, like, keep getting no's from people, like, oh, no, like, I'm not mm-hmm. interested, no, like, go away, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's funny you so, said that. We read a book. Have you ever read um, The Man Who Wanted to Be Happy? No, I haven't. It's a really good book. You should definitely look into it. It's, it's about, he's in Bali. He um, He's about okay. to leave Bali and then he goes and sees... He's like a guru. He's a guru. Um, and, mm-hmm. But the, he basically, the, his guru one day for one of his tasks sends him out. You you know this better than me, so you're probably yeah. better. Well, he sends him out and, and says, try and get an answer that is no. Like try and get as many like as many no's as you can, yeah. or as it's something like that. It just reminds me of what you're saying, and it was just mm-hmm. like, is it no's or yeses? No, he's trying to get no's, but um, the whole point is like it's most people can't just say outright no, like to the questions okay. that you like. You know, if you ask somebody for help, chances are they're not going to say no. They're not always say yes, but they might say like. Mm, I, I, how about this? I've got a compromise for you, but I guess in your mm-hmm. scenario it was more like you were getting, you were trying to sell these tickets, and then people mm-hmm. were just like, yeah, nope, yeah, <laughs> try and get yourself a yes, yeah. and you had, you had the opposite. You had to try and get a yes, and I guess like exactly in in that scenario, even though maybe like you're just you know for you it's work, you're trying to get um these tickets sold. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. you don't necessarily mind that you don't sell a lot of tickets, but you're trying to get some money. But I guess like mm-hmm. even in that scenario, if you're always getting told no, that's just gonna have an effect on like you elsewhere in your life because you're like, why do I keep getting rejected? Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though well, the, yeah, yeah, like like you start to think you start to get self conscious, like oh like what am I doing wrong? Like is it me? Like yeah. do I look weird? Like do I have something on my face? Or like <laughs> yeah, telling people no, like. What are you like these days? Like, if someone approaches you in the street, do you stop yeah, do and, you like, feel, hear them out? Do you feel for them? Or are you like, nah, <laughs> I know what you're well, doing. Like, well, like, I think that, um, I think when it, so when it came to the raffle ticket, the money you would give would go towards, like, donation, mm-hmm. right? And then, um, and then you would get a raffle ticket so you get a chance to either win a car, win a house, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But then at the same time, I think that, uh, people who are really willing to help others mm-hmm. they're not they're not going to be like be stopped on the street yeah. like oh come help someone no they're going to approach mm-hmm. um these people they're going to approach like the companies they want to they approach wherever they want to donate their money to mm-hmm. right so like i'm not saying i'm like i don't want to like <laughs> support like um like some places but um uh, like i i have said not to like people who come up to me yeah mm-hmm. um 
but then I tend to be like nicer than what people were yeah, yeah, watching. Yeah. I'll be like, oh no, like, I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. You have a good day. That type of thing. Because uh, um, cool. like so, people are rude. Yeah. People yeah, are like sure. they're. I mean, everyone has their own problems. Like everyone goes a drunk day. But um, but yeah, I, I I've got some like really negative answers from like some people. I was like, oh, ouch. But see, like I think getting like such negative answers like also like taught me to like, well, I'm not gonna take their answer like personally. Like yeah. even though I'm getting rejected over and over again, the whole like rejection, it's like you get used to it. Yeah. So at the end of like at the end of the day you're like, Oh like it's actually not that bad. But so when you do get a yes, you're like, Oh, amazing. So then yeah. it's like it's like the worst case scenario now, it's like I get a no. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good lesson to learn. So yeah, I guess like after you find out how like being rejected is, it's like, oh well, it's not it's yeah. not a big deal. Like that that was the worst case mm-hmm. scenario. It's yeah. funny, this is and resonating I, I what you're what you've just said there is resonating with um a podcast that we did with Hannah just the other week. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw we did um a podcast with her, um from you know, Hannah from Bali. And yeah. um, she was saying the exact same thing, even obviously it's slightly different, but she was, when she first um, started showing her jewellery to, to places, to shops and that, mm-hmm. the worst thing she could get was a no. Mm. But it was actually yeah. one of the best things that she could get. So it's just yeah. resonating. Yeah. That it's funny that you're saying that. It's, yeah, and so. like, I think that um, so many people are afraid of that rejection. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think um, they like see that rejection or seeing that no, like it's such a big deal. Where, like, it's, like, it doesn't get any worse than that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, for example, I believe for, like, Hannah, if she's, like, trying to show her, like, jewelry and, like, mm-hmm. her uh, malas, like, that's the worst, like, getting rejected is, like, the worst thing that is going to happen. Yeah. So, um, and I feel like for every, what do they tell us? I think it's, like, for every 100 no's that you get, you'll get one yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... But it's, I mean, worth, it's like, worth asking a hundred yeah. times. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's, it's worth it. I think that um, um, even getting that yes, you know, sometimes like make my day and just give me like a boost of energy mm-hmm. to even keep going and get into like a positive mindset. And I think um, just through that one yes, we like change. I guess how I was approaching people because I would come off more positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I could even start getting more yeses. And let's know. Yeah. Right? So, mm-hmm. so it's definitely worth it to, you know, mm-hmm. go through mm-hmm. 90, like, 99 no's in one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess also, like, doing it for, obviously you were doing it for a charity, so, like, it's, you know, it is it, it does matter and it is important. But the fact that you've, if you've done it for something that isn't necessarily just for you, like, being able mm-hmm. to then actually do it for something that's potentially yeah. for you makes it even easier. You know, obviously, like I said, yeah. the charity is so important, so it's not like it didn't mean anything, but it just makes it that you little bit more to easier the to then. Matter to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Cool. Um, which is really, really cool. Really good way to. Yeah, to it. yeah. Like the charity part, like I think it, it was really amazing because, like, I wasn't just only you know bringing food to my table, mm-hmm. but I was like also helping out people who uh, who needed that food mm-hmm. on the table. Yeah. Right. Um, so it was like very like self like rewarding doing that job, mm-hmm. and I'm glad I was able to do that. Like I said, it taught me a lot. Um, and I think like yeah, I did this for the next like three months, working two jobs, and um, the only thing I found myself with in these three months in Australia was that I fell into a routine. Mm-hmm. I fell into a routine 
in general, like in my whole like life, even in my relationship life. Mm-hmm. And because um, like I would just you know wake up, go to work. Sometimes like work like twice, uh, twice yeah. a day, yeah. like double shift. Yeah. Go from one job to another, and then um, go home, eat, and I'd be like exhausted from my day. Sleep, wake up, go to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember, um, I remember like at the beginning for like for the trainings for the uh, Iron Iron Williams, like for that company. Mm-hmm. Like I guess you you wouldn't like dress kind of fancy, but like semi casual. And I remember taking the train, and then I like I would just look around. Everyone's in like the fancy suits. Everyone's like on the phones, like walking around, and it felt like. It wasn't life. It yeah. felt like I was in a simulation type of thing, like yeah. in the sense that everyone's doing the same thing. Like no one's doing like anything like different. Mm-hmm. Everyone like kind of look the same, dress the same, look down on the phones like the same yeah. way. It was like, like are they robots? Like it was actually <laughs> kind of like mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, like I, I told myself that I was like, I do not want to be them when I grow up. Mm-hmm. I remember telling that as I was like walking. Because, like, even though I was, like, kind of dressed, like, kind of casually, like, I I kind of still fell into that category because of what I was doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. of the routine that I was, like, falling into. And it was, like, it was scary to, like, kind of see, like, where life could, like, get you. And I'm sure, like, these people um, may be happy and, like, probably are making tons of money. But, um... It wasn't for you. I mean, that's not, that's, that's not the goal for everyone, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just... Yeah, it was kind of crazy and scary at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, after that, uh, what happened? Let's see. <laughs> when did you? After so you that, left Australia, right? Sorry. You left Australia when it when your year came to the end. Yes. Yes, I left Australia, and and uh, like later on, you'll see how like my story's kind of tied in, which is very interesting. So we'll get there. Um, so yeah, in the moment I was in Australia, and then I had to, I overstayed my visa for like two or three days because I found very, very like cheap flights like a few days after my visa expired. So then uh, I called like the government. I was okay, like I'm, I'm breaking the law, but like this is okay. They're like, yeah, as long as you're flying out, it should be fine. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so then my plan was when I travel, what I try to do is like, what's the like, best way I can, like, spend, like, the less money. So I, like, look for, like, really cheap flights. Especially when it comes to flights, I try to look for, like, stops in between, like, my destination. Mm-hmm. So in this case, I'm flying to Canada. And then in between Australia and Canada, like, I looked at the island, like, Fiji, like, Hawaii. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I found really cheap tickets to Hawaii. It's, like, $250. And then, like, one way, I'm, like, okay, cool. So then I try to, like, see the to see who do I know in Hawaii or like, like trying to find people that I might know in Hawaii. And then my mom, she has a friend who has a condo in Hawaii. And she was like, I'll rent you out the condo for a thousand dollars for two weeks. That's and Canadian. This is Canadian like money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's super cheap. Okay. And then I'm like, cool. So a thousand dollars. So I'm going to get some friends to come to Hawaii from That's Canada. So and I got three of my best friends to meet me in Hawaii yeah. and um, we were there for two weeks and I, we had we had a blast That's like awesome. I think yesterday I saw one of my friends two of my friends that I went to Hawaii with um, and then we was like talking about Hawaii how like 
every time we like drove down like the highway, like the sun would be down. And there's um, there's this song by Calvin Harris. Oh, I forget the name of it. But uh, we the song was like playing the background, and then it was, it was just so nice. And we're like, yeah, take us back to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But we had such a great time. Mm-hmm. So after after Hawaii, I obviously like bought my tickets to Canada. Came back to Canada. And then... So when um, was this? What year is this? How long ago was So this it? was... So I got back to Canada in 2017. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment I turned 20. So I was I was 20. Okay. And okay. Um, so I got back to Canada. And then my girlfriend and I, who was seen at the moment, we broke up. Um, I think just because the whole routine we fell on to. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I guess things just weren't working out for the both of us. Mm-hmm. So we decided to like split ways, and then. How did you get I from guess... there to Bali 2019? Like, <laughs> when did yoga come into your life? When did all that kind of happen? About to I, I'm about to get there. I'm about <laughs> to get there. So 2017, I get to Canada, um, and then I, not gonna like the whole like breakup kind of like got me a little depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, uh, throughout the next months. I got hired at the um, I got hired at the restaurant that I'm working at right now. Okay. So I've been working there for quite for quite some time. Mm-hmm. On and off. And right. then, yeah, on and off yeah. because I'm traveling. Yeah. And it was like they were very flexible with me because mm-hmm. I'm it was just a serving job, so it's like nothing serious, like nothing to like I didn't have much responsibility, right? Um, and as a server, at least in Canada, you make pretty good money because mm-hmm. you're getting minimum wage, and then you're getting um, you tip on top of that. Mm-hmm. So I was able to make pretty good money, save money. I'm living with my parents. It's, um, yeah, it's like I was saving money, so that was nice. And then, so I, was, I went through like this kind of depression stage where it was like the very first time I experienced that depression in my life. Like when I looked back before that, like my life was, I was pretty happy. Like, I don't know, I never experienced yeah. any depressive like thoughts. So I guess experience, experiencing depression like really like taught me how, like, other people, like, actually do feel. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, I think I would, like, have only, like, make, like, I joke about, I joke around a lot about so many things, and I guess I cope with a lot of things by joking around. Yeah. So then I would, like, joke around, joke around depression and those type of things, but uh, I came to realize, like, I know, after experiencing that that wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, there's, like, people out there who, who still do that, and, you know, some people don't know better, but here I'm telling you, you know better than yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so then after that, I you know I started working out. So I got into the gym because you know I was like you know I want to you know, get fit, good, look good, be healthy type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so life went on, work, working out, working my job. Then I was like, hey, I want to I want to travel again. Like I'm ready to travel. And this this was around February. So. My ex-girlfriend, she had um, gone to Costa Rica to a place called Finca Vajarista, which is a treehouse community. Yes, I remember mm-hmm. you telling me about that, and yeah. I looked into it, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, good. I remember she, so it's a, it's a place you go to volunteer, and mm-hmm. I work that you pay, I think it's $500, and then they give you commendation and food. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is kind of, like, talk to the guests mm-hmm. and take the guests to the treehouses, because... Some of these tree houses, they're about um, like an hour away, mm-hmm. like the furthest one. So it's like a little bit of a hike, yeah. but the hike is not even that bad. Yeah. So I'm like, 
I'm like trying to think of like the place that it's like called because I'm I don't want to message my ex girlfriend at the moment and be like, oh like <laughs> what the fuck you volunteer at? Eventually I found it and um I went there in March. I got there March second and um it was it was very easy to get there just because I speak Spanish, Costa Rica is a Spanish speaking mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. So getting around was very easy. I looked like a local so Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um then I got to Finca Vizarista, and when I got there, like, I remember literally walking through, like, the entrance of it. I got the same feeling I had when I was in Bali, mm-hmm. where, like, your soul feels like it belongs there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You feel, like, you feel at home, even though it's a place you've never been to. And it's literally in the middle of the jungle. Like, I took this little uh, 4x4 car who took me up this hill. It was, like, off-road. Um, you're, you're literally in the middle of the jungle and then um, you have the base camp and beside the base camp you have like the volunteer house where like other volunteers stay mm-hmm. so I got there in March and um, I loved it so it was very interesting because all the food over there was um, I think 75% of it was like grown within the community oh, that's cool. and then the, and the, the rest like 25% was like bought from yeah. other farms like outside of the community, That's really cool. so everything that was that would, that I was eating at the moment was like, you know, very very healthy, like like no GMOs, like very natural, like whole food type of thing. Um, and I noticed that that had a big impact, like on my body. Yeah. Like it's, it's gonna sound kind of funny, but like I remember, like I would like kind of like fart, but my farts wouldn't smell. And then, like I think, just the way that I was like feeling. In general, I was, like, very energetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I was, like, feeling pretty amazing. And I was, like, wow, like, this is... I, that's when I realized the impact that food has yeah. in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the quality of food that you're eating, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. One thousand percent. Yeah. Like, I remember you telling me in, uh, in Bali that uh, that you're, you're, you're a big fan of food and, like, you have to make your own food. Yeah. Because you're very picky and you like to eat healthy, so... I'm sure you can definitely relate. Yes, we definitely, um, definitely can. Definitely. And um, so then I stayed there for a month. And in this community, every morning they did yoga. So then this is kind of like when I got introduced to yoga. Um, at the very beginning, like, I guess when I did it, I was like, oh, like, I, I'm working out. Like, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty strong, blah, blah, blah. And I remember, like, I was in, like, downward dog. And, like, teacher would come to me. She's like, no, I can do it like this. And then I'll be, like, I'll be kind of embarrassed. I was like, oh, like, I'm not doing it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the very beginning, I guess I didn't have such a great experience with, like, yoga. And then, like, I didn't do it every morning. I would just do it, like, every, like, once in a while throughout the month. Um, and then I decided to stay an extra month because uh, originally I was only going to stay there for a month. And actually, I was, after that month, I was supposed to go to Greece. Because my friend, she's a flight attendant, and uh, she was like, she was like, she got me tickets to go to Greece um, with her and like another friend. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's go to Greece. So um, I give up Greece to stay for another oh, month nice. in Costa Rica because I I just fell in love with this just, place. Yeah. And I don't know for some people like it's like oh like are you crazy like mm-hmm. like Greece I'm sure like, I haven't been to Greece yet but I'm sure like Greece is beautiful. Yeah. And to like give it up for like i don't know living in the middle of the jungle like 
some people are like that weird yeah, but it, it's what my heart told me at the moment mm-hmm. um so i did it and i stayed for another month and then i met a friend of mine who her name is Iona. she's a yoga teacher from australia and then um she's she's amazing like she she uh would teach like some of the classes over there because she got there in the second month and then um it was like four of us like volunteering and then doing april was like very slow so it was a very chill time but all we would do is like kind of like go on hikes explore the jungle find some waterfalls because it was like a river right by the community and we just had such a great time there um after costa rica i came back to to um to canada this was yes i came back to canada and then I, like, I, I met someone else, so then, um, at this time, like, I, I guess I got a girlfriend, and, uh, she's, like, telling me how, like, her family wants to go to, um, Hawaii, and, um, they have, like, an extra ticket, because, like, someone else got canceled, so I went with them, I went on a trip to Hawaii, amazing, nice. like, this, like, thing after thing, it was, like, cool, I'll, like, I'll just go with it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I remember she was, like, telling me on, on the first date that, uh, her family loves to go to Hawaii. And then I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, interesting. I could, like, help in one of the yeah, trips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was living my thoughts. Then uh, next time I was going to Hawaii with them. The whole trip was amazing. Um, we went to, like, Honolulu, which is, like, where I had already been. So, overall, like, I had a, an amazing time in Hawaii. After that, um, I get back to to Canada. Like, I'm pretty much just, like, working for, the, like, the next few months. And then... Um, the treehouse community, they call me, they're like, Hey Daniel, like we're looking for another volunteer because, um, we just look for a bartender. Like, do you want to come back and you can become plus one? I'm like, okay. Like I, I think I can do that. So awesome. for the month of November, I did that. And I brought my mom with me. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> I took my mom to the middle of the jungle and, uh, my mom, like when she got there, she was like, wow, like, like she was like, kind of like thrown off she's like this is really where you brought me yeah type yeah, of thing yeah and then uh, after she like really experienced like the whole um jungle of it the jungle aspect and the whole area um she really liked it she fell in love like she fell in love with like jungle oh and another thing about living in jungle is like the animals uh-huh. yeah like um there's so many animals so many insects uh, in costa rica there's a um um, a snake, which is like one of like the most like dangerous snakes in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know the naming like how they call in Costa Rica is called terciopelo, and then it just yeah it was it was definitely in the community. I saw a few of them. Wow. Um, apparently, like you have like probably like fifteen to thirty minutes to get uh, the dose, or else um, you die. Oh yeah. yeah, I think I've heard about because oh, wow. aren't they in Australia as well? Yeah. Are they in Australia? <laughs> I want to say that they have I them in Australia I, I, as well. Probably. I mean, I have, I, I have heard of it, but you have like, yeah, thirty minutes to to get the, the to get yeah. the shot. Otherwise, yeah. Oh man, um, mm-hmm. that's terrifying. That is terrifying. But I mean, yeah, it's an it experience. Is. But you know, like I think, so living in the jungle like definitely like, challenges you, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're definitely stepping out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You're stepping out of you know your daily city life. Mm-hmm. You come into a community full of like um such like nice people and even the language barrier with the um, with the people who work there. Mm-hmm. So like you're definitely not in your comfort zone at all. Mm-hmm. And um 
I remember even like sleeping at night, my first few nights sleeping at the um at, like in the jungle. I got so scared because I would like hear like things on the roof and I would like hear I don't know why, I always like hear flip flops walking outside the um <laughs> the the uh the volunteer house. And it's like your mind playing games with you, but like it was like kind of like little animals like walking around. I think there were like some like <laughs> night monkeys playing on the roof mm-hmm. and like scratching the roof. I was scared to death mm-hmm. like my first few nights. Not gonna lie, it was very, it was very scary. I remember but, like it reminds me of my the first night in Bali, um, mm-hmm. and I'd never heard a gecko before, <laughs> and I was so homesick on the first night. It was late. I was tired, and I remember just laying there, and. Yeah. Suddenly, I heard the gecko noise, right? It's like mm-hmm. the weirdest thing. And until you know what it is, it's like, what was that? And I freaked out so much. I like just burst into tears. Like, yeah. what was that? And then eventually, when I eventually found out, you know, when we like eventually spoke about it in the, yeah. in the classes and stuff, it, it was funny. But when the first time you yeah. hear it, it's just like, what like and they're, what and they're pretty loud too like yeah those, like little geckos they're so loud mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i like the noise they make it's kind of cute it's like eh, eh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so sweet but yeah oh so i can only imagine like a costa rica like yeah. it, literally in yeah. the full jungle That's mm-hmm. nuts. That's and awesome. yeah it was like definitely like it was scary but then you get used to it mm-hmm. you know you get i guess used to being that that uncomfortable yeah and then i think the whole like thing about being scared is because you don't know what's out there it's like kind of the unknown exactly. that it's scary yeah right mm-hmm. but like once you find out that you know like the things that are around you and like the unknown is not so unknown anymore mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i guess that fear goes, goes away yeah mm-hmm. um and then like i got pretty comfortable um with the jungle afterwards like I was able to even just walk at night with just like the flashlight and I would be fine. Mm-hmm. I even went on um on a night hike mm-hmm. with uh, wow. one of the locals. He took me on a night hike with uh, the other volunteers. And oh my God, the things you don't see at night, that was scary. Yeah. Because like I saw, I saw like a scorpion, you saw tarantulas, you saw like vipers mm-hmm. that like, like you don't see. They're just like hanging like around the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you see any of the um, um, like glowing glow up scorpions, the ones that you shine your light on at night and they're blue? No, no, I yeah. did not see those. But mm. I did see a scorpion, but not a glow up scorpion. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, we saw like a wild cat just wow. like running through the trees. Wow. Yes. That's, That's insane. Cool. Oh, and like behind like the community, like it's a mountain pretty much. Yeah. Behind the mountain, it's like a national park. Mm-hmm. So then apparently one time there was like a um oh there was a young tiger there's a tiger <laughs> I don't know the animal Puma Jaguar a panther a panther, a panther. I think it was wow. a panther or, or something like that yeah. came to um, so came cool. to, to the community and they saw it and it was like wow well, it's, it's pretty crazy That's so it just like kind of tells you how much like wildlife there is mm-hmm. um I saw an anteater it was, it was so <laughs> cute that's awesome. Yeah, that's insane. It's funny. I've just um, looked on my phone real quick um, to see because I remember when you told me about this place, and I had written it down in my yeah. notes. And I've just checked to see if I've still got it, and I have. On the second of the eleventh, two thousand and nineteen, I wrote down <laughs> the place 
what is it? Fin is it Finca? 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 Yeah, Finca. Bella Vista. Finca. Yeah, and um, I've literally it's here in my notes, and I've obviously kept it there for a reason. So just mm -hmm. hearing about it all now, like maybe like needs to be checked out again a little bit more. Um, yeah, definitely. Like I think Costa Rica should be like one of the destinations mm -hmm. anyone should go and mm -hmm. you know check out. Yeah, um, I mean I've been. Um, I went the <laughs> summer twenty eighteen. I think it was. Um, yeah. and I've always said to Ben, like, I'm going to take him because it was incredible. Yeah. Um, and it really is, it really is magical. It and, is, yeah. You know, really has it. And if you get to the chance, you know, mm -hmm. if you're staying for, like, over a month, definitely check out the place, like, Pinta yeah. Vista. No. Do you, like, and, and you get a discount because you're a yoga teacher. Oh, So sweet. then, um, I think you pay, like, half price because you'll be teaching classes and it's, oh, like, really an extra, cool. like, curriculum. Yeah. Um, an extra, like, volunteer thing you would do, so... I think you pay two hundred fifty instead of five hundred. Wow! So cool. Good to know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And um, so oh yeah, so in November when it went, <clears throat> that's when I started getting more into yoga because, yeah. um, because I had this experience with yoga. I I think we we're doing bridge pose and it was like towards like the end of the flow, and then I remember seeing like my body like smoking, like it was like steam coming out of my body. And then in my head, I'm like, how does this make sense? Like, it's 30 degrees outside. Like, my body's really warm. Yet, like, it has to be cold out in order for you, like, for you to see steam, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, if I were to go outside right now, and, like, yeah. I would be able to see, like, the steam from my breath. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so then I was, like, I was, like, really weirded out by, like, the whole steam. So then I, like, went to ask the teacher. And then she was like, oh, like, sometimes um, our energy may take that physical form, especially um, after, like, such an intense, like, workout. Yeah. And it depends, like, how much, like, you push yourself. Um, so then it's, like, the energy kind of, like, flowing through chakras, and then mm -hmm. it just it materializes into steam. I was like, wow, that's so interesting. And after, like, the next month, I felt high on life. Like, I literally felt just high on life. Like, life was amazing. I, uh, <clears throat> I, everything was seemed to be like a lot brighter, like more like, colorful. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know how to explain it. I just, I felt amazing. So then after that experience, I was like, wow, I, I want to feel like this for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so then I started like doing yoga more often. And then like the more I did it, the more I liked it. I started getting to like headstands. Um, into like inversions, so I was like, oh, this is so cool. Um, and then afterwards, I, I set myself a goal. Like, I was like, if I'm able to touch my toes, because um, before I couldn't touch my toes, I was like, if I'm able to touch my toes within the next six months, I'm, I'm going to do that training. I'm going to become a yoga teacher because I want to so teach cool. people like what I'm experiencing right now. Yeah, right? definitely. I want, I want people to feel the way I do. Um, and then, and you know, just within a few months, I was able to touch my toes. I'm like, oh my God, like, okay, so we're going to do this. And then I'm looking online. I'm like, okay, trying to find, um, trying to find like places to uh, do my yoga yeah. training. Yeah. There was a lot of places here in Calgary. Um, mm -hmm. But again, they're like so expensive yeah. because I don't know why they're so expensive. <laughs> um, well, I think they're like $5,000, $3,000. Yeah, I feel like they're very they're similar prices to places. I mean, at least for us in the UK, like I don't know, it might be slightly different for Canada, but 
it's the same price here yeah. or or in places like Bali where it's yeah. actually where it actually comes from or even India so it's like mm-hmm. if you're gonna spend that money mm-hmm. anyway you may as well go exactly. to where it comes from a hundred percent yeah and that was like that was literally my thought I'm mm-hmm. like I see I'm, I'll be paying like four thousand dollars for a yoga training here and I'll be at home yeah or after being Bali yeah <laughs> and <laughs> I pay like five thousand uh-huh. dollars. Like, I'd rather be in Bali. So then, and you're I doing a downward dog with a view of the rice fields rather than a downward dog with a view of the the like building and brick yeah. wall. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it was it was a no brainer, right? Like, yeah. like, yeah, I'm gonna go to Bali again, and mm-hmm. that that was the other thing. I was like, I really like Bali. I want to go back there. Yeah, like I wanna I wanna go back there and. And, you know, experience what I haven't experienced, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then throughout this time, I forgot to mention, I was, like, studying nutrition. Because oh. after the whole Costa Rican thing, like, yeah. the, um, how the food, like, impacted, like, me and my life, mm-hmm. I started studying nutrition just for, like, my own sake. Yeah. Um, just because I wanted to, like, learn more and everything. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in. No, that's cool. <laughs> I think that's really cool. I think um, really cool. it all aligns as well, like, especially yeah, nutrition exactly. and yeah. yoga. Yeah, it, it all interconnects for sure. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, so then during this time, I remember I paid for the training with my credit card. And I'm like, okay. Um, so I think I had like eight months. I'm like, okay, time, time to save some money. Mm-hmm. And then my girlfriend um, at the time, uh, she, 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 she also liked to travel. So then she was like, oh, like after the training, we're going to go travel around like Asia. I'm like, yes, definitely. Let's do it. We, um. We budget about ten thousand dollars, like to be in Asia for like months, and then we plan to go to like Bali. So after the training, we will go to like Singapore. We will go to like Malaysia. Mm-hmm. We kind of just like make our way up, go to the Philippines, then Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, mm-hmm. like to all these places. And our last destination was Japan, and then from Japan we come back to Canada. Like we had everything planned out, and. Um, we were able to like, you know, make the money that we needed for the travels. So I come to, um, uh, I come to Bali, I go to Bali and then I did my yoga training and I think it was just life changing the whole mm-hmm. like yoga training itself. Um, you know, cause I think so many people think of the yoga training, like, Oh, you're just doing yoga for 30 days straight, that type of thing. I'm like, no, no, it's like, it's like you, you kind of become like a different person yeah. mm-hmm. the way you like, Hello? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Did I cut off? No, 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 no you're good. You're still good. Oh, no. Oh, no, okay. Okay, yeah. sorry. Um, the camera kind of froze. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I was saying that, yeah, you kind of just become a different person yeah. because of everything that you kind of like learn and mm-hmm. all the uh, things you haven't like kind of dealt with mm-hmm. that you kind of just like pushed away. Everything comes back up in the training, right? whatever like trauma you've had or whatever bad experience you've gone through in your life like it will come up you will mm-hmm. cry mm-hmm. people were telling me oh daniel you're gonna cry during your training i'm like what do you mean i'm fine i get to the training i'm crying on the second day oh, with like dasmar yeah, like during yeah, yeah. the dasmar yeah. yes oh i think i cried so much mm-hmm. doing that uh we're like sitting like face to face and then i remember this like i said it was yesterday so we're sitting face to face, we're looking into each other's like eyes. Yeah. And then ha- Hannah uh, or um Shree. Oh, Shree, yeah, she was like saying that um that 
picture someone that you love. Mm-hmm. Picture, um, or, and then picture yourself. Yeah. And then they were like, picture someone that you love again. So then, um, I think when that happened to me, like first of all, like I, I tried to like, picture myself into her face, and then her face kind of like, tries to form into my face. And then she was like, picture someone that you love. So I picked like my girlfriend. And then when she was like, picture someone that you love again, I saw like, I saw my, I, like I saw myself, but it was like kind of like my soul. Mm-hmm. And then um, I noticed how like starved my soul had been. Like, because yeah. I think like the soul feeds out, out of like, um, not like not materialistic things, obviously, but out of like, good things that you do for yourself and for your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I had forgotten, like, how to take care of myself and my own soul for a while. Yeah. And I think coming into that um, training, like, made me realize that, how, like, starved my soul was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I started crying. And because I, I felt sorry for my soul. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because, like, it was kind of like seeing, like, another thing. But, like, it was, it was myself. So, um, so yeah, definitely the training. That's pretty much, that was the second day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> that was the second day of the training. Mm-hmm. So, it was very interesting. So, after, after the training happened, I think I, I became a lot more, like, sensitive, a lot more emotional, mm-hmm. uh, a lot more in touch with myself. Mm-hmm. And then, by the time my girlfriend came to, um, to Bali, I think we were just, like, in different vibrations and different yeah. frequencies. Mm-hmm. And we we were just we just kept clashing, like mm-hmm. for like the next like two weeks we kept clashing, like we kept fighting, arguing, like nothing was like really working out between us. So then we decided to like break up, mm-hmm. and um, and then all of our like plans for the next six months just poof, out the yeah. window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this is when I remember this uh, is when I contacted you again. Well, like <clears throat> I remember the last time we kind of spoke was around mm-hmm. that time and I remember like asking like how are the travels because you told me all about it it's like how is like where are yeah. you now how's it going and, and then yeah. your response was like um they're off and I'm actually in a completely different place and it was just like what, what? <laughs> like oh. and I'll tell you how I got I got well like so all of my plans have the window correct mm-hmm. so I'm like okay I'm gonna stay in Bali for another month and because that was like my original plan to stay in for another month of the training mm-hmm. and I was like able to experience like so many new things I didn't experience the very first time that I came yeah. to Bali um and then I and this is when I started to stay in like hostels to, like you know get to know people like mm-hmm. meet people because I noticed that me as mentor staying in uh Airbnbs like you don't meet a lot of people with yourself yeah, in a yeah, room yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I started studying hostels and I met some amazing people mm-hmm. when I'm like amazing trips. Um, and uh, overall, like I just had a great time in Bali, but obviously my time was coming to an end because you only have like a one month visa yeah. in Bali, right? So then um, I'm like looking throughout this time, I'm like looking for jobs on yoga trade. Yeah. And um, I'm like looking for jobs like, I'm, like, applying in Spain, like, all over Europe. Because, you know, because of Europe, I'm, like, applying in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, if you guys remember, the yoga teacher, Iona, from Costa Rica. Yeah. She's from Australia. So, I was, like, you know what? I'm going to message Iona. Mm-hmm. I messaged Iona. I'm, like, hey, Iona. Like, you know, you're working in a yoga studio. Any chance the yoga studio is, like, hiring? And she's, like, yeah, definitely. Um, 
I'll give you like Haley's information. She's the owner of the studio, and you can get in contact with her. I'm like amazing. So I start talking to Haley. She's like, yeah, like pretty much what you would do is you'd be a volunteer here, and um, she kind of like kind of walked me through the whole like position, and it's I would I could teach yoga, and I could also um, I would like clean mm-hmm. the because she had like Airbnbs on the side. Okay. So she had like had a little like retreat type of center. So I'm like, yeah, and, you know, like, I'm definitely down for that. I'm like, I have no problem. Mm-hmm. So then I booked my flight to go to Australia, and then I'm still applying at other places because I'm like, I'm only going to be in Australia for three months. Like, I still want to travel a little bit more. Yeah. And I remember on Yoga Trade, I came along this ecological center in in Hawaii, and it's called um, it's called Kirpal, Kirpal, um, Kirpal Ecological Center. And... Um, Paul, like, I guess if we're going to talk about my, my religion and talk about, like, my, like, my spiritual life, Paul, he's, like, a master from, from, from India, mm-hmm. and these masters, they follow lineage, so um, we believe in reincarnation, and after a master dies, another master will rise, mm-hmm. and when I say masters, I also mean, like, teachers. Yeah. It's pretty much, like, people who teach you about, you know, lessons in life, and how to go about with your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So then, Paul, like, when I saw his name, I was like, oh, wow, like, it, this is actually, like, I don't know, it, it's, like, part of my, like, not lineage, but, like, religion. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, in shock, kind of, like, when I found it. And then I scrolled down, and there was a quote from Paul. And I don't exactly remember what it said, but it said something along the lines where if you... If you take a step towards me, I'll take a like a thousand steps towards you. And then I just like started like crying like so much because I I was going through a breakup with like I was going through a breakup. I was like alone in Bali and I'm and I, I came across this like quote from him and I'm like, wow, like I'm like I, I realized this is where I was meant to be mm-hmm. in my life within that moment. So I'm just like I'm I'm crying, crying, but I'm like you know like it, it feels good. It was like a good cry because I knew that even though I didn't have anything planned, I knew I was exactly where it was meant to be. So I'm like I I apply and they're like yeah we don't need you right now. We need you until March, and I'm like that is perfect because I went to Australia in the end of December yeah. right before New Year's, and then I have a three month visa. Which ends in March. Because that's, that's, awesome. um, that's a tour. So meant to be. Um, yeah. So it's like, even though I didn't plan it, it was like, I already planned for me. Yeah. I'm getting this post right now. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, so that's the plan. So I go to Australia. And when I get to Australia, I get stopped at the border for like a custom mm. because my overstay visa from like a few years oh, ago. Oh, no way. <laughs> Yes, I, they took my phone, they were like, they were like, we need to go through your phone, like, what are you doing in Australia? Because I think they're thinking that I'm there to, like, stay, yeah. you know, permanent, permanently. Yeah, of course. And then they go through, through my whole, like, backpack, they go through everything, they're like, what are you doing here? Tell us everything, kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, like, I'm just here to, like, volunteer, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, you're not allowed to volunteer. I'm like... What do you mean? He's like, yeah, as a tourist, you're here to tour, to tour around. You're not here to, like, work or anything. You're, if you're going to be here, you cannot volunteer. Yeah. I was like, oh, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't know this. He's like, um, do you have a place to stay? I was like, well, 
not really like I was like thinking to just go to like my friend well like Haley Haley's like place and she was gonna provide me with accommodation as my volunteer and she was like well you're not allowed to do that you need to text Haley and they they, they went to like my messages with her so like they knew everything you need to tell Haley that um you cannot volunteer for her and um and, and if, if we find you volunteering in Australia we will kick you out oh my god oh I saw I saw my whole world crash there yeah no, no. I was like, "What? What am I gonna do?" Um, so I'm like, I'm at the airport. I start crying again, <laughs> and then at this point, I'm like, I like crying now because mm-hmm. you know, I think mm-hmm. crying is like it's the only way that your emotions yeah. come to, like, not life, but like, yeah, to yeah. a physical form towards mm-hmm. tears. It must right? have been so hard so, as well going from three, four weeks of, you know, yoga teacher training where you're out of the kind of crazy, busy, hectic world in this incredible kind of soft, magical, like, just world that you never want to leave and then suddenly you're thrown back out into this world, but not only just thrown (laughs) out, you're thrown out with all this other stuff that just happens. It must have been so hectic. It was, like... um... I think, you know, Bali overall, it's a very, like, transforming island. And then I think if you're not ready for the transformation, you're going to have a hard time in Bali. Mm-hmm. That's what I personally think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you're going to go through some challenging things in Bali or just generally life or after Bali. And I think that's what I was going through. I was going through, through that transformation and life kept, like, throwing, like, things at me. Um, so it was, it was definitely difficult, like mm-hmm. you said, you know, going from... It felt like a magical world being in a, in a yoga training and we were like kind of like isolated from everything to like like going back to like the real world, yeah. as you can say. Um, but then um, I called Haley and I'm like, hey, Haley, uh, this is what happened at Tustin. Like, what should I do? She's like, don't worry, just come here. Um, we'll figure something out. I'm like, okay, thank you so much. Take a bus. I get there and then I meet Haley. She is a business owner of Primalaya, and Primalaya stands for a place of love in Sanskrit. Um, and then she tells me that um, she's pretty much like she's a mom of like four kids. Yeah. She wants to well, like it's it's a, it's a, it's a multi million dollar business. Um, and and her husband he worked in the mines. Well, at the time he did. So then he wasn't, like, around as much. He would come, mm-hmm. like, for a week and then leave for, like, three weeks type mm-hmm. of thing. So she's like, yeah, like, I probably like, need to, like, you know, babysit and, like, take care of the kids. Even though, like, these kids, they were, they were pretty independent. So they didn't really need, like, any yeah. babysitting. But so I got there, and she's like, don't worry. Like, it's going to be okay. Awesome. This has happened in the past with other volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um they they told me they're gonna like they told me the like, customs told me they were gonna come like sniffing around to see if I was there, and then she was like we're we're gonna try to keep you like out of like um, any type of like papers so you're not gonna have to sign anything. Um, so they do come and ask you're just staying here because you're my friend. Yeah, yeah. I'm like okay, cool. Sweet. So then, yeah, she she was she's amazing. Mm-hmm. She she's really amazing, and uh, so then I started my volunteer job with her started teaching yoga there my very first yoga job after my training yeah I felt so lucky mm-hmm. um because I think my travels like my past travels brought me there 
but mm-hmm. Costa Rica was the reason why I ended up in Australia. Yeah. Because if I did not stay an extra month in uh, in Costa Rica doing the volunteer job, I wouldn't have met um, Iona. Yeah. Which led me to mm-hmm. meeting Haley. <clears throat> so it's like, it's like, I don't know. There's like so many like dots. Yeah. So like just connect later on. Mm-hmm. And I just. Like, I don't know if I got lucky and then it just really worked out for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, you also put yourself out there. Like, <clears throat> you know, if you hadn't decided to, to go to Costa Rica in the first place and then to stay there, <clears throat> you wouldn't have... Yeah. Like, if you had just kind of been like, mm, no, I said a month, now I have other plans to go. If you hadn't followed mm-hmm. your heart and decided to stay in Costa Rica yeah. like you did, then, yeah. That you is know? true. So you put yourself Yeah, because I had the chance to go to Greece, right? Yeah. And I was going to Greece... Yeah, I was supposed to go to Greece, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did follow my heart, like, you're right. Um, and I think this is, like, where, where like, I realized how, you know, finding my own intuition, my own instinct, my heart, how far like, it got me, yeah. you know. And it's, like, definitely something people, like, struggle with just because they might not be in touch with themselves. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you do follow your heart, like, and you don't, you don't, I mean, worry does come because you're always going to be, like, worried about, like, what's going to happen. But uh, once you, like, let yourself, like I said, like, this is how things are, trust the universe, Mm -hmm. you, like, everything will line up for you in a similar way that it lined up for me, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I do feel, like, pretty lucky because after those three months in Australia, I, I... I think I just start to become like a better person, not a better person, but like a different version of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I started getting into like handstands and I started getting more into inversions. I would like, I was like practicing like two or three hours a day. And then I, that's where like, I, I guess I had a passion for yoga, mm-hmm. but then I found passion in inversions. And I was just like, I guess infatuated with the whole being upside down. Yeah. It, it was, it was amazing because it gave me a different perspective of like what it's like being on your hands or like mm-hmm. upside down because we're always on our feet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. So it was like very interesting. And then I think I, I had to step into a, a parental role when I was in Australia because Haley, she was like, oh, you can reprehend my kids, whichever way you like to. Like, I trust you. You seem like a very kind person. So I know. If you give you what you apprehend, I think we do it the right way. So, in a way, I had to like step into a parental role, which was really amazing in the sense that I, I personally like if I were to have kids, like I never, like I don't care if I have kids or not. Like I, whenever I thought about having kids, mm-hmm. it's like if I have kids, great. If I don't, great. Like mm-hmm. it's not a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. But stepping into a parental role like taught me how to get kind of be a parent or like the closest thing to be a parent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um obviously there were like cases where you know like the kids were kind of swear at each other and i, I have to like stay parent and like you know like no you're not allowed to do this like you're not allowed to talk to your sister like that i'm gonna tell you mom <laughs> so, like, they were like start crying and i think the hardest part was like thinking that they would like hate you yeah yeah because like i think i think like as you get older you do start to um um, like you start to like hate people, right? Yeah. Not not hate, but you know, you start to know like things about others. Yeah. But I think as a kid, that's not there. Like even mm-hmm. though I would like 
be telling them the skits of like the bad things that we're doing, they the next day they'll just be fine with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think I think I thought it was like kind of hard. Like oh, like are they gonna hate me? Like oh, they probably don't like me. Like they think I'm being too like, strict or you know, like I'm not being like a good friend to them. Maybe mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's what I was like thinking. Um, but at the same time, Haley, she was like, no, like that's it's very normal. Like these kids, they just they just forget about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah. think it's just, it's just part of their growing, and um, they'll realize that it's for their own good. You know, you know you're, you're so right. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's just amazing. And these kids, like, they... Like, if I were to have kids, I would want my kids to be like them in the mm-hmm. sense that they were so independent, mm-hmm. and they were, like, walking around barefoot everywhere. And it's Australian. We're, like, kind of, like, in the outback. Like, it's, I don't know, like, snakes and anything yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> but then you see this like i remember um her youngest daughter her name is Angie, and then she was like i think she was like four or five and she was like cooking like her own not cooking but like she would go in make her own food as, wow. as a five-year-old i'm like wow yeah. and her 12 year old daughter or 13 year old daughter she was like she was a chef like she would make meals for the volunteers Wow, and like for me, for like really other cool. people that were living there, yeah, and yeah, and then there was um, Kiyoki, which uh, she she was like into uh, horseback riding, and she would like just ride horses like without a without a harness or anything, like just um, like I was literally amazed, and I'm like, hey, like is that okay? She's like, no, yeah, she does it all the time. I was like, I was literally shocked, and then there was the uh, teal. There was, like, this kid, he just loved doing, like, kind of, like, parkour, doing backflips and front flips. I'm like, you're going to break your neck. And he's like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I was like, what? And, um, and I don't know, but, like, I think that uh, many people have, like, a fear of the ocean. So, you know, the ocean's the beach. And yeah. there would be some huge waves yeah. coming. And I'm like, that looks very scary. And I see all these little kids just going at it, yeah. getting, like, class like mm-hmm. smashed by these waves so i'm like how are you guys doing this mm-hmm. and then they're like come on daniel come on daniel with their like australian accents and i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> um, fine if you if you thumb us <laughs> yeah exactly and then um after i got like you know like hit by a few waves like i lost the fear of the ocean in a way mm-hmm. because yeah. i i guess I, you realize that that worst case scenario is I get um, like hit on, but like on the on the sand, like it wasn't even that bad. Like it didn't, it didn't hurt. So like, oh, this is this is fun. But then I like, started going to the ocean like, a little more, and then those kids helped me get over like a fear of like the ocean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was very like interesting how fearless these kids were. Yeah. And like, I think we learned so much from like kids mm-hmm. because like you know we grow up and we forget that. Uh, I think we need to, like, be capable at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even though we're, like, grown adults, like, mm-hmm. we still need to, some way, act like a kid mm-hmm. in order to um, go through life. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so those those were, like, my three months in um, in Australia. Wow. And after that, I, I went to visit my cousin back in Sydney because, you know, I was in Australia. So I, I managed to stop there. And then from there, I did the same thing. I went from... Um, from Sydney to Hawaii, and then I volunteered in Hawaii for a month doing very similar job that I was like doing in Australia, which mm-hmm. was 
teaching yoga and then like cleaning like accommodations for other people like guests and then I was also doing some gardening mm-hmm. because um this community they like they grew their own food so then I had to like gardening and like kind of made a garden bed yeah um so yeah I did that in Hawaii and then in Hawaii I met some really cool people I met um Cecily she was the one who kind of introduced me to Ashtanga and this woman she the um uh, she would wake up every morning at like 4, 4.30 a.m. to do her Ashtanga practice at 5 a.m. on the dock. Every morning. I'm like, the dedication that she had was like very admiring. I was like, wow. Like, she, like, I would, I started to like wake up with her, but then not every day, like, probably like twice a week mm-hmm. or like three times max. Because, I don't know, waking up that early is not that easy. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's tough, sure. Especially to get out of a bed where you're so comfortable mm-hmm. and to like go and do yoga, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're like, no, I'd rather stay in bed. But she, she really did it. And then there was another yoga teacher who um who taught me how to do uh, sound healing. Yeah. So I don't know, have you guys heard of sound healing? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah? it's yeah. like the the bowls and stuff, right? That yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, that's awesome. uh, her name is Sam, and Sam. She, uh, I think she has like a degree or like a master's in music, mm-hmm. and um, but she has always like loved music in general. So she does like sound healing, and the way she explained it to me was that if you think about our bodies, when you break it down to its atoms, you um, you notice that the atoms they have a vibration. Yeah. So the, and then every vibration has a frequency. Mm-hmm. So in, I mean. In other words, you can say we're sound because we're vibrating through space right now. Yeah. We're going through a frequency mm-hmm. and each of us has a different frequency. Mm-hmm. So what sound healing does is that it um, it puts into a theta state, I believe, mm-hmm. which is a state where you're like asleep while you're awake. Yeah. And then through the um, through this through the sense of the um, sound bowl, it helps you like tune in, like come back mm-hmm. into your frequency. Because, you know, life gets in the way, stress gets in the way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, many other things get in the way of, like, affecting the frequency that we usually vibrate in. So that's, like, the purpose of, like, sound healing. Mm-hmm. And um, she taught me how to do, like, a sound bath, which is not only sound bowls, but, like, also all the instruments. Yeah. So cool. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it was amazing. And I think that's when I started getting to sound healing. And I started doing some sound baths to, like, other volunteers at the uh, community and do you still do it like now I, yeah i actually did um i did a session two days ago do you have them like um, with you like yeah. do you have some yeah um give me one second oh <laughs> yes Something is so good. Something is awesome. the frequencies is so true Okay. Uh-oh. Um. Can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, 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 okay, cool. Um, so over here we have uh, this is a, a crystal ball, mm-hmm. and then this is tuned in with your sacral chakra. Mm-hmm. So I think at the beginning, like, the way I would like to start playing this was you, you kind of just hit it 
and then you kind of like go around it. And then if you go this way, it's supposed to be for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it for other people. You, you have to go oh, wow. uh, kind of clockwise. Yes. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah, so then um, you kind of just, you play the instrument. You play pretty loud, too. so cool like I think it's just so fascinating and even just then it's, like it's beautiful yeah even just then the sound was very kind of on and off and not very clear but I could just even just like mm-hmm. the, just the view that the, you hear yeah. is just yeah. like it definitely like so cool. I felt something you know just through that it's mm-hmm. amazing it's yeah this I think was bold very magical I think that uh when it comes to like a sound healing session um it's very interesting because I think the instruments come to life to me mm-hmm. in the sense mm-hmm. that they speak to me because when I'm playing like a bowl, sometimes I have like multiple bowls. I also have, also have a uh, Tibetan bowl over yeah. here. And then um, sometimes, for example, the session that I just did two weeks, um, two days ago, she had a few more bowls. So I had like five, six bowls in total like I was like playing with. And the bowls, they, they speak to me. Like mm-hmm. every instrument is like, come play me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I never have, like, a like a sequence of, okay, I'm going to play this instrument, then, for example, I have this, this case over here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, so, like, I never have a sequence of, like, how I'm going to play every instrument. Yeah, I always, yeah. like, kind of go and see, see what, what the instruments, like, mm-hmm. want me to play them. Like, mm-hmm. it's... I don't know. I don't know how to explain, but that's the best way I explain it. No, the no, it's, yeah. I'm like, a little crazy. It but, makes sense, at yeah. least to us anyway. It really <laughs> does. So that's so cool, though. Like, so, so cool. And just so obviously, so you were in Hawaii and just kind of the virus hit, right? And then you came home and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I I was supposed to stay in Hawaii for two months. Um, But then for some reason, I just started to stay for a month. And, like, I, again, I was kind of, like, following my heart. Um, so, like, I decided to come back to Canada. Then I was living in British Columbia, in Vancouver, mm-hmm. because my parents moved to Vancouver during the whole pandemic. And, obviously, all the yoga studios are they're closed. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this is very unfortunate. Um, because I was going to teach yoga, and I can't, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, I try to, like... Um, I don't know, like online for me, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not the same. The best, just yeah. because I really like to be like hands on. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like to like do adjustments. I think adjustments. Yeah, I'd love to do adjustments, especially during shavasana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I love giving oh, those adjustments. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just you connect, and it's the energy. Like you mm-hmm. feel the energy, right? Like, have you ever taught a class yeah. where there's no energy? Like mm-hmm. that is hard, right? You come out and it's like yeah. all of your energy has been zapped because there was no energy in the room. So when there's mm-hmm. having that energy with other people yeah. is is something else. It really is like another mm-hmm. level, and it's so important. Like Ben just said, yeah, um, so yeah. Online part is of the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's part of it. Like mm-hmm. you know, it kind teaching of. others. It really is, and yeah, online is awesome. You know, the fact that you can we can still teach online yeah. is really cool. But it's 100%. not the same for sure. It definitely isn't. Um, yeah, and like I think that um, I mean. If online might work for some people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't work for me, but uh, I 
I like I've been trying to do like little sessions here mm-hmm. with like friends mm-hmm. and, and there. Mm-hmm. But overall, ever since I've been back, I this is something I was like scared of, mm-hmm. and and it has like happened unfortunately. But like it's kind of going back into that like my daily life without mm-hmm. wait. I'm trying to like like coming back into my life and then not being able to like implement the yoga that I've like learned, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I think that I I have struggled with that just mm-hmm. because I like I guess like right now, uh, it's like it's like hard to like not like have the space first like mm-hmm. like I live in an apartment and stuff, but it's just not the same than yeah. like doing it. Whether it's like outside, but again, mm-hmm. it's knowing <laughs> yeah, yeah. like an actual like oh, yoga studio. It's like kind of like having that space. Yeah. And I think that's what I um, that's what I need. Yeah. That I need a mm-hmm. I need a certain space mm-hmm. to be to start becoming that mindset to start doing like my flow. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, so like I, I have struggled like doing yoga, especially during the whole like, pandemic. Yeah. But then you know I I'm not I'm not um. Like being harsh on myself either, like it is what it is, and it, it's, exactly it's it given us a chance to to learn, right? In other ways as mm-hmm. well, you can deepen your practice in other ways for yourself, um, yeah, and things like that. So that's cool, though. So, what's like? Do you have a next thing, or are you just going to see what happens? Well, I think um, my next thing is I want to I want to open up my own yoga studio. So I want to... In Canada? I think this is... Yes, maybe. Who knows? Like, I think have got, probably... Have you got a job for anyone? Sorry? <laughs> have <laughs> got you got a job? A job? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely. I would please. like to meet. Oh, if I, if dude. I, if like... I do open it up and you come to Canada, please come to Honestly, yeah. like... <laughs> I'm in. Like, I'm yeah. not even going to ask you. I'm telling you now. Like, I'm taking <laughs> the first job. <laughs> got it. <laughs> you got it. Uh... Yeah, so I think that's like, I think in the next probably like five years, I think that's my goal. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Uh, mm-hmm. To leave, you know, open up my own studio, mm-hmm. have my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now, like all I'm doing is like saving money because like we open up a studio, it's not that easy. Yeah. I, I do. I did meet a, another yoga teacher. She opened up her own studio, and she's she's 25 and she's she's doing great. Nice. And um. But obviously, she opened it up. She opened it up during the pandemic, so mm-hmm. yeah. she has like struggled with the yeah. whole yeah. pandemic, sure. like everyone else has. Um, and I think that right now, I, I I look up to her because, in a way, we need to find people who have the things that we want to have. Mm-hmm. So we have kind of like some type of like guidance, mm-hmm. um, like a mentorship. We have we need like a mentor in her life. So right now, I think I'm, I, I look up to her mm-hmm. um, just because obviously she has a yoga studio and mm-hmm. um, where I want to be in life like later on in a few years, it's where she is right now. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. I'm like learning from her and she wants to start teaching there once the um, yoga studios open up again. That's awesome. So yeah, it's, that, that's where I'm at right now in life and that's where I want to be eventually. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now I am... Um, I am also like I'm managing a restaurant, so probably like three times a week. So I think that um, even though this is not like you know, the perfect job that I want to have, I think it's also very helpful because it's teaching me how to manage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thing. There's a restaurant. Yeah, it's different from a yoga studio. It's still teaching me new skills, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what 
the most important thing is for me right now mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, and obviously I'm not, I, I don't have to learn, learn a new thing every day, but as long as I'm still learning, I yeah. know that I'm still growing. Yeah. I remember, uh, I think it was Sri or Hannah, they were like, the moment you stop learning, it's the moment you stop growing. And that stuck with me. That, that really so stuck true. with me because it, it, it was very true. Mm-hmm. I think the moment that uh, we, we stop like searching for new things and we get too comfortable in life. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's the moment where you don't, you don't do much growth. Mm-hmm. Right. I mm-hmm. think that um, we need conflict. We need uncomfortability in our life in order to grow. Mm-hmm. In order to, um, you know, lead us into the next step, mm-hmm. because if we're not um, stepping out of a comfort zone, mm-hmm. we're not yeah. doing much. I think, 1, but at the same time, I do think that uh, it's not a lot about stepping out of the comfort zone, but it's about expanding the comfort zone. Because I think that you know, many people are like, "Yeah, step out of the comfort zone," blah blah blah, but then you take a step out. And then you're like, okay, I stepped out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Now I go back into yeah. my comfort zone, right? So I think it's better to just take like baby steps mm-hmm. and really expand your comfort zone in order to um, get more uncomfortable and mm-hmm. at the same time comfortable with life. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, because so you, you can. It's like you you need to find, you know, find the comfort and the discomfort. But like, yeah. if you go too far, then you could go yeah. too far backwards. Yeah. Whereas if it's exactly. just slow, you might run away. Then mm-hmm. you know it's only like you're not going to be throwing yourself. Sometimes it's good to throw yourself in the deep end for sure, but it mm-hmm. sometimes can result yeah. in worse things. So I have actually, to tread water in the deep in the deep yeah, end. Take it slow, yeah. um, but definitely expand. Definitely go there. I love but that. Just, mm-hmm. just a really good way you know. of saying it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that uh, we're not we're not taught that we're not taught this in like in school or, you know, generally in, like, mm-hmm. life, I think that uh, for us, that we're not leading such a conventional, like, life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the sense that we um, we didn't, like, go to university, like, got, got that degree, then getting into a job, then, um, you know, next thing is buying a house and settling down. Mm-hmm. I think that um, that um, we, we need to, like, learn on how to expand our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I, I 100% believe that because, again, we just need to grow. I think life, life is a journey. And another thing that I've learned throughout, like you know, my travels and everything, is that true enlightenment does not exist because once you become enlightened, what's after that? Yeah, yeah. Right. Like if you think yeah. about it. The whole, the whole like process of becoming enlightened is the whole journey, mm-hmm. right? Because like, like I guess like you were saying at the very beginning of the podcast, like uh, once you hit, you know, your your goal, it's like that's it. Yeah. I'm like no, yeah, <laughs> that, that's not what life is about. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I remember before I even started traveling, I heard this. Um, I saw this like YouTube video, and, like. Yeah, I think it was a YouTube video, or I saw it on, on Facebook, it was about a Alan Watts, I don't know if you heard about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, the philosopher. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I feel like you yeah. sent me this. 
I feel like you told me about this in Bali and you sent it, sent me the video. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you did. But I lost, my phone broke a few months ago and I lost like so much stuff. So I think I've like lost it because like the chats yeah, and all that. Well, um, there is a, um, uh, like if you go on YouTube and you type Alan Watts um, and you put Let It Happen By Itself, I think that um, there's like a bunch of like speeches that he did put into like, to one with mm-hmm. a kind of like a montage and uh he pretty much just says how like you know we're brought into this life and you know we're put into like elementary school and it's like it's like come on kitty kitty like and you go into grade one mm-hmm. you go into like junior high going to high school it's like oh you're almost there you're doing it then you get into university and it's like oh yeah you're almost there come on you got this then you find a house then you get married you have kids and then you find yourself 60 years later down the road and you're like, wow, I've made it, but have you really? You're old, mm-hmm. and now you cannot do anything that you could have done in, in your youth time, right? Yeah. So then I think that video really like, stuck with me, and he says how uh, life is like a, um, it's like it's, it's like a musical, but the whole point was not to, um, well, the whole point is to like dance to life. Mm-hmm. And listen to the music instead of just, you know, going by what like everyone tells you to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, it's so true. So good. I, yeah, there's diff- there's different different ways to like approach life. Like, mm-hmm. I think that um, what works for some people may not work for others. Yeah. But as long as you're doing what you like, you're following a passion. Mm-hmm. That's that's the very first thing I would say to like someone who is trying to um find out who they are is find, find your passion it, it's hard because people many people live their life without a passion or finding their passion some people they know their passion but because you know they're working a, a good job and they're making good money they're doing that instead of following their passion mm-hmm. because they find some type of um, security through this job but this job is not bringing them happiness it's not bringing them any fulfillment Mm-hmm, that the mm-hmm. passion would bring them. Mm-hmm. So I think finding your passion, it's a big step and it's not easy. It took me some time to find my own passion. It took me a few years. Um, but once you do, follow that passion. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think you should be, you should feel lucky that you find your passion. Mm-hmm. And the fact you're able to pursue it and not give up like many people do, mm-hmm. it's, it's where it shows like how different we can be from others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, like if you, even if you don't know what that passion is, do the things that you love and through doing the things that you love, you'll find your passion. A hundred percent. Like, um, I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and, um, she was like telling me how she doesn't know, like she doesn't know what her passion is. Um, and like she doesn't technically like believe in passions because she thinks that passion is doing like kind of like things that you like. I'm like, no, I think that passion is like, for example, something that you feel so infatuated with, but sometimes you even forget to eat. You forget like where life, yeah, like yeah. outside life of that passion without, is, yeah. but you're so focused on it. And I'm sure you you have experienced that then when it comes to playing the guitar. Because mm-hmm. I used to play the piano, and like I found part of my passion like playing piano. And I would just be there playing the piano, trying to like yeah. get the song right, you know. 
and you just like forget about and hours go by and you don't even know yeah yeah, yeah. so sure. i think that you're 100 percent right i think we should be doing things that we like or even things that we don't like or mm-hmm. for example i think my whole point of going to australia and doing my travels was that i was kind of challenging myself and doing things i didn't like to see what i can cross off in my life yeah, yeah. like well i don't like this going into the next thing yeah yeah and see if i like that or not it's true so you know so good dude it's been so good talking like i don't know it's just been so good to catch up and to hear the story in full and to hear especially these final few words like yeah like i don't know you've just have such an awesome story and you're so inspiring i always say this oh my gosh yeah. i need to find something <laughs> else to go I, through the i always say this to the people that we have but like in your brain. you know i guess yeah. i guess you are because we've reached out to you to share it and you know i mm-hmm. I've, I've you know spoken to ben about you before and like what you've shared with me before and how you know even you have helped me with things and it's just yeah. it's incredible and so just keep doing it because it's I, i'm very flattered like Thank you so much. Like, you know, I think when you messaged me to be on this podcast, I, I've never been on a podcast, so I was like, I don't know, I was very fired. I was like, oh, thank you so much. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really cool, like, sharing, like, my story. And um, I believe that, I think it all started when I started, like, looking up to people. Yeah. When when others start to inspire me, I start to inspire others. And mm-hmm. I, I just realized this, but, for example, my friend that was in Australia, she inspired me to travel to Australia. And that's where, like, kind of, like, my whole, like, journey started. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. of her inspiration towards, like, like, that had towards her. Mm-hmm. Um, I started inspiring others without even knowing. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I, I'm really grateful yeah. for uh, you guys, you know, being able to um, share my story here in the podcast. Honestly. And hopefully Honestly. you guys are inspiring others as well. But no, thank you as well to you. Honestly, thanks for just being like, yeah, (laughs) sure. (laughs) It was really cool. I'm always worried when I ask. It's just like, oh, are they going to be like, nah, it's not for me. But then, yeah, you were like, yes. And it was just like, awesome. But no, honestly, it's really cool. One last, one last question to close off the podcast. Like we always do with everyone. What is your mantra? If any. What is my mantra? Um, my grandma would tell me this when I was like, 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 not, yeah, younger, not a little kid when I was younger. She would say that, I guess, to, before you leave the house, always say, um, who am I and where am I going? And, uh, right? <laughs> but, um, and like, I happen to like, always, I kind of say that, who am I and where am I going? And I think that just like helps you, um, just like kind of forget whoever you are and see who will you become. Oh, right? Awesome. Like deleting those like labels behind you, mm-hmm. whatever expectations that have been like put on yourself and then see where, where you're going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see who you become. Yes. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> so I would Thank you so answer. much. Honestly. Yeah, so like, Thank you. Thank you. Really guys. appreciate it. And let's stay in touch. Like, You have been listening to the Less Trodden Path podcast with Laura and Benedict. Make sure you subscribe to us on whichever platform it is you're using. 
If you would like to feature on the Less Trodden Path podcast, then head over to our website, thelesstroddenpath.com. Thank you for listening. The Less Trodden Path podcast is sponsored by imakesounds.com, music for content creators. If you're looking for royalty-free music to feature on your own podcast, blogs, YouTube videos, and more, then head over to imakesounds.com.